Welcome to the Author Blur Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Maynard. So I've had a conversation with Rick on his seven different books that he's written. And from talking with him, he has me interested in reading one of them particularly. Well, I should say listening to his audio book, The Traveler. But with that being said, you should listen to our conversation first. Make the decisions for yourself. I hope you enjoy it. So before we get too far into the conversation... You can also go to authorblurb.com where I have a profile of him and all of our other guests set up where you can learn more about Rick, be able to read about his books, look at them, and get a good understanding of him while we have the conversation. So thank you, and I look forward to talking to you after the show. So I am here today with Rick. Rick has seven books written. The Traveler's bestseller is a beautiful book. In fact, one that I found on audiobook, Audible, that I'm going to probably be listening to in the next couple of days myself. But instead of me gushing over Rick's one book, what about we let Rick tell you about all the seven books, a bit about himself, and get into a conversation. Rick, thank you for being here. Can you tell me a bit about yourself for the listeners to be able to get to know you? Sure. Sure. Glad to be here. God, a little bit about Rick. Rick's, <laughs> Rick's, Rick leads a wild and exciting life, mostly in his head. <laughs> yeah, like most authors do. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm one of nine kids, so th there's a lot of us. And, and if you didn't uh, make a name for yourself, you got lost in the crowd in this family. Uh, everybody is so different. I don't know, 15 years ago, I was that uh, the guy who had real estate, you know, when everybody was doing the real estate thing and, and uh, had all kinds, of, all kinds of property toys. And in 2008, when, when the market took the big crash, I I took a hard hit. I mean, I went I went down hard oh. and uh, nearly on the streets. Oof, never and uh, I remember I was there. selling. It was tough. Yeah. I was selling a, a beautiful mahogany desk that I had so I could put gas in the car that I could no longer afford to make the payments on. <laughs> and as I opened that desk up, I saw an old cigar box. And in that cigar box was a fake ID that I had from 40 years ago. You know, but it was me as a, as a kid, my picture and my fake name was Rick Timber, you know, so you could buy beer when you're 17, you know? Yeah. So I found that and I, and I thought to myself, you know, I was making myself crazy watching my houses get taken away one at a time, boats, everything getting taken away. And I, just to keep myself crazy or to keep from drinking, probably, I, I uh, started writing about Rick Timber. Who would, who would this guy be if he, if he was really my age now, a real guy? And I wrote one paragraph and then two. And before I knew it, I was writing chapter two and and I was hooked already. I, I, I found this thing at, at age, you know, 50 years old. Right. I, I found this uh, writing and, I, and I've been writing ever since, putting out a book every, every two years. Something, something hits me in the head and they're all different genres too, which is yeah. odd. Most people write in the same genre, but I, mm -hmm. an idea hits me and I just got to get it out of my head. And you'll find me working through the night. And my wife says, oh, you're writing another book. I'll see you in a year. <laughs> I disappear and, and I'm just, I'm just writing away. I got to get it out of my head. Right. So that's a little bit about me. Well, that, that sounds quite intriguing. And I understand now, personally, the one thing that caught my attention was the fact of you said that you were originally from Cleveland, Ohio, yes. and I'm originally from Northwest Ohio myself, right out of a small farm town with one blinking light that no one's ever heard of. What is it? It's called Rising Sun, Ohio. You're right. I've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is, is your mm. Traveler bestseller book is based out of, it's a teacher based out of Cleveland, Ohio. Yes. And I just, that's originally what drew me to that book to start with is, 
one, I love books from Ohio just because of me originally being right. there. In fact, my first two books I wrote are based out of the little farm towns, Ohio. So, of course, everyone writes what they know is what right. you hear a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> with you being from Cleveland, Ohio, did you write that? Obviously, you started writing everything when you were in Florida, from what it sounds like, is where Correct. you're out of now. Correct. So did you start Did you start the concept while you were in Cleveland and thinking about that? Or what made you no. decide to set it in Cleveland? Gosh, I, I don't know. You know, I know Cleveland. I love right. Cleveland. <laughs> yes. And, uh, it, you know, it just, it was a time when Cleveland was going through a rough patch. And mm -hmm. and it, it's about a, you know, a high school history teacher, an average Joe, going through some pretty rough times. So I just thought... I just thought it'd be a, an ideal place with the schools were struggling, you know, real estate was in trouble. It just was a good setting for, for the travelers. All right. And like I said, I think Cleveland's a great town myself. So, and then you also have, what is it? The other side of the glass. Hold on one. The wrong side of the glass. The wrong side of the glass, which is another popular book of yours that I'm seeing. Can you go in a bit about that book? And then also tell me a little bit about the other books that you have out there. All right. Well, let's start with The Travelers, just since that one is my bestseller. All right. <clears throat> Travelers is about a high school history teacher, you know, an average Joe, skinny guy, 50 years old, balding, going through a rough patch, as I was mentioning. He, he's divorced now, living on his own in an apartment, and he's a high school history teacher, and he finds out he has stage four cancer. So, bam, now you got, you know, the whole bit, and, and mm -hmm. he's in his classroom, and, you know, as the class is filtering in he's just sitting at his desk all quiet and and usually he has to quiet the kids down let's get things started but this day you know, he's just he's just staring down and struggling and finally 10 minutes of silence the kids notice that well, what's going on he looks up to realize everybody's looking at him and he knows he's got to say something he stands up and and he's just looking at all the kids one at a time where do i even start here and finally he, he promises them that he'll try harder I promise I'll do better. I'll teach you more important things. I promise. And he just gets choked up trying to talk to these kids. Finally, he just waves them off. Go on, get out of here. The kids halfway through the class are dismissed out into the hallway, wondering what, what the hell's going on with this guy. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to give you too much about this story, but it is not a sad story. This is a story that is going to leave you in Washington. He's, you know, battled for, for Trenton, New Jersey. He's lived a year of his life with a hero of his. And he comes back. You can imagine that Monday class is different than last Friday's class. He's lit up now. He's dressed up like George Washington. The kids are, are like making fun at first. But by the end of the class, you know, every one of them, and you could drop a pin in there. He's telling them about the battle where he almost died. And, and so you know, the, it continues on where he goes back on these, tra on these travels, these six-hour trips that, that last another year, maybe two. What a way to extend your life. You got four months to live, but every Saturday you get another two years, you know? He crosses the Nile with Cleopatra, and he plays mm -hmm. in music with Mozart. So this guy's living living his best life, and just lighten up these kids. And uh, you know, the, he's changing their lives. He's changing the lives of the, the the faculty that just can't figure out where he got this this passion for life. And then they find out that you know about the cancer diagnosis. But let me tell you this: uh, from here, I don't want to tell you too much. But right here, I'm going to grab your heart. I'm not going to let it go. And uh, I'm going to take you on a journey that's going to going to test your emotions. Not sad by any means, and I encourage any teacher, anybody who's ever had cancer, to read this story because uh, it's my version of of how it should be. Understand? And I'm going to stop there. I don't want to tell you too much more about the travelers, but obviously, 
that that one lights me up and I'm getting such great reviews on it. It's it's touching the hearts of other people as well. I was going to say there's a ton of great reviews on it. I've read the reviews for that book. Another popular book seems to be is it Bobby's Cabin? Bobby's Cabin. Bobby's Cabin is uh actually about me and and two of my friends going out to Bobby's Cabin. We it's a real place that we go to. You know, get away from the wives, get you know a little boisterous, a little too much drinking, uh, you know, <laughs> right. a hot tub and playing poker, pool, you know, that kind of thing at Bobby's Cabin. And it's right. up in the mountains of North Carolina. And I mean, just to get there is uh, is a trip. All you know, right. you, it's it's the middle of nowhere. No, no neighbors here and you're talking about anything. If you listen at night, you're here, you know, crickets and, and frogs and, and gunshot. I mean, it's one of those places. People like to test out their guns. No neighbors around for miles. Yep. But uh, there's an accident at Bobby's cabin, an accidental, I'm going to call it, I'm going to say a murder. All right. And, uh, and Bobby tries to cover it up and the two friends don't agree with it. And, and the story is about how even the best of friends, you know, when they're tested, paranoia comes in, they, uh, it, it becomes every man for himself up there in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, it's, it's one of my, one of my darker stories. And, and I can't tell you, I can't tell you too much more about that one either, because I pride myself on, on twists that you just go, are you kidding me? I did not see that coming. So I don't want to tell you too much more about Bobby's cabin, except that, uh, that, um, it takes, it, it takes a twist out into uh, Chimney Rock State Park, which right. is a real place, mm-hmm. beautiful place. And uh, the book was, it was in the Chimney Rock State Park book area there, but it's been removed from the shelves, I hate to say. Uh, they, they just didn't think it fit in with their marketing plan. So let's just say it was a little too real. And, <laughs> uh, and, and I'm going to leave it at that. But yes, we've been banned from Chimney Rock on that one. And uh, don't get me wrong, they love us there, but they don't think it should be on the shelves. And and that alone boosted book sales. I got to tell you, people. Oh, I know, could imagine. What are they? Why? Why is it taken off the shelf? Oh, I can imagine. You don't want to advertise. Hey, there possibly might have been a murder here, or somebody it's... hiding out from the police in <laughs> Chimney Rock. You know exactly. So tell me more about what's your what's your favorite book out of your others, other than travelers like well let me tell you they're 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 all over the place there is um when i'm gone is a is a light read this one has uh has been changed to other languages as well it's as close as i get to a a children's book uh in your dreams is about the afterlife you know there's there's a man it opens up with a man trying to communicate with his wife she's sitting around her computer just just you know her she recently lost her husband in a car crash and she's two weeks into a new life oh my god i'm alone and he's trying to communicate with her maria maria can you hear me and and of course she can't and and he realizes that his eight-year-old boxer can hear him all of a sudden the ears come up in the box girl you can hear me and he's trying to communicate with the dog and <laughs> as he tries to you know he tries to pet the dog his hands go right through and as he's trying to communicate with the dog he blacks out and when he comes to he's the dog he huh. is Murphy, the boxer, the eight-year-old boxer, but he obviously he still can't communicate with her. He tries to say Maria, and, you know, roof comes out instead. And it just becomes an adventure of you know, a human brain inside this boxer dog. And then the boxer goes outside having a ball, and a dragonfly lands in the middle of his nose. The same blackout happens again, and now he's the dragonfly. He takes off as a human brain inside this dragonfly, discovering, you know, the world of the woods and and he has all kinds of challenges with 
birds like to eat me. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And so it just, it continues on and on. And this whole time he's thinking, how do I get back to Maria? And he just has this very interesting life as a fish, squirrel. And this is one of these books that you read and you can't help laughing at my weirdness because uh, <laughs> I'm a pretty strange guy. And then you throw me into the body of a squirrel or an ant. And, and I'm going to take, take you to some pretty interesting places. So that one has been you know, translated into Arabic most recently. All right. And it's in the schools in, in Jordan, you know, all the, way, all the way across the globe. So I'm really thrilled with that one. Well, that's interesting. And then, well, then you switch all the way around to uh, The Wrong Side of the Glass, which is completely dark. And right. you know, the same people can't read all my books. This one is, uh, <laughs> is much too dark. And you're going to have to give me you know, some kind of a sign if I'm talking too much. You're perfectly fine. This Taking is all about time. you. Tell, tell everybody exactly about your books, about what you have. As long as we stay under an hour, I'm happy. So okay. please tell us, tell us all about it. Okay. So uh, The Wrong Side of the Glass is about a uh, pretty crazy woman. She has uh, intermittent explosive disorder. Gwen is her name. She and her husband is a very understanding husband and just, you know, deals as best he can with her, her brilliance and her, uh, she's just an unstoppable woman. But when, when her disease acts up, she's just out of control. Have you ever been around the kind of person that won't take no for an answer and winning at, at all costs? Yeah, well, the, the, the idea for this book came, I was actually with my wife eating at uh, you know, a restaurant and I'm telling, we're talking, are you married? Oh yeah, I'm married. I've been married for a while, and you know how you go out to eat, and and the conversation sometimes is really exciting. Like I think it's the cheese that's giving me gas. You know, really <laughs> exciting like that. Oh yeah, you know. Trust me, we just went out for the. We have a little two month old and a four year old, and we actually just went out to have breakfast the other day, and we were sitting there going, you know, before the kids, we used to go out to eat all the time. Right. And this and it just felt weird that we were able to go in, sit down, and like you said, have all these weird little conversations of, you know, the coffee just doesn't taste right. What's wrong with it? I don't know, it just doesn't and you, taste you right. You wonder sometimes what happened to our exciting life. <laughs> well, I'm looking yes. at my wife who's not even listening to me. I'm talking about, you know, I think I told them not to put cheese on this omelet, you know? <laughs> right. And she has her, she's like this, listening to the table behind me. And I'm thinking, what's so interesting back there? And and in the table behind me, bad word, getting mom's wedding ring when she dies. She's got another thing coming, you know, way <laughs> more interesting than my, you know, my cheese issue, you know? Right. And uh, so it just gave me the idea that Gwen is this woman who just can't keep her nose out of everybody else's business. So... Uh, she's been um, abused by by men. Actually, that's more of her opinion. She's morally, she's more of the abuser, actually. All right. But uh, she was cheated on, and so she's just got this thing about cheating men. So she overhears or finds out a friend, some something's going on like that. She is all about let's get even. So she's a, a get even kind of person, and and in her attempt to try and just even the scores, she she overdoes it, and she finds herself killing someone. And now her husband is just, oh my, you know, how do we, how do we, how do we keep this woman out of jail or, or just keep her from doing the same thing again? And, and she just has these dark moments that have taken over her life. It's, it's a, it's a pretty dark story, but it's called the wrong side of the glass because Eddie ends up in jail instead of her. Okay. It's her husband. So okay. she goes to visit him and she's the murderous one out there still on the loose, just wreaking havoc. And he's on the other side of the glass, Maria. Maria, I'm in, I'm in another book now. Sorry, Gwen. <laughs> Gwen, you you, you got to stop. You know, you 
you think you're helping people, but you know, in her heart, you know, she's the lady that wraps $5 bills around candy bars and goes to the poor neighborhood to, to, you know, to help people who are starving. So she's always trying to do the right thing. But you know, if, if you don't appreciate what she's doing, so basically you find yourself in old, trouble. It's the old adage, the road to hell's paved in good intentions. Yes. Yeah. So, so she, so she just, she is quite the interesting character. And once again, it's one of those stories where you feel like you know where it's going, and then at the end, you just go, that one is, that's the jaw drop for that one. I don't want to tell you any more again, but that's one that uh, people don't seem to forget. I get calls and letters and texts on that one. Oh my God. And <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what they say because it'll be a giveaway. Right. But <clears throat> so, so there's what, my dark. I understand. So, what book is Maria? And you said that Maria was a different book. Yes, Maria is. Um, when I'm gone that I mentioned earlier that okay. he can communicate with Maria. He just wants to get back to Maria, but but every time he morphs into a new animal, there's new challenges. I mean, when he turns into a fish and he's underwater, how do I get out of the water now? Right. And he finds himself attacking a frog to make the transfer just because a frog's amphibious and could get onto land. So here he is, he attacks a frog and he makes a change, but now he's a frog trapped in the jaws of this fish, you know, trying like heck to kick and get his way out of the pond finds his way out of the pond, but, but his legs destroyed from being captured by the fish. So here he is dying outside of the water. I blew it. All I wanted to do is get back to Maria. And here I am, I'm, I'm drying up in the sun. I'm going to die. Right. But the ants come along and here they are these, and there's not one ant, you know what? There's one ant, there's oh, a million. So exactly. here he is under attack by ants. And what are his choices? Get eaten alive or transfer into an ant. Right. So now he's transferred into an ant, but he has to act like an ant. They can, if they figure out who he is, you know, they don't understand their, he doesn't understand their language. Why am I taking this food back to the queen? What do I say when I get there? He's in the, he just finds himself in alien situations all the time. And he just has to get back to Maria. The squirrel seems to be his best option. Right. It wasn't for that damn hawk, you know? <laughs> so it's just, it's just one, one challenge after another to try and get back to Maria. I'm not going to let you know if he ever does or how the story ends, because I want you to buy the book. You exactly. Know? And you also have The Gift. The Gift is another completely different genre. This was my first attempt at uh, Cops and Robbers, Good versus Evil. And, uh, you know, this is the, the one where, well, this is an invention. There's a, Hoyt invents a device that you are able to put in your ear. And he's learned through exactly the right nutrition, a high-pitched sound. And he's figured out that if you have a heart, if you can get your heart rate up to 135 beats per minute, you open up this spot in your brain that, that allows you to retain everything you hear, as long as this certain high pitched sound is made at the same time. So he's got this invention that he's patenting. It's in patent, but somebody else knows about it as well. His investor is now turned against him and has locked him up, wants him to sign over everything to him. So you know, meanwhile, he's locked up. His wife wants to know, you know, my husband's been kidnapped, but you know, the police don't necessarily believe because they've had some domestic issues at the house. I think your husband has just left you, you know? So right. she has to find the best friend and the two of them do whatever they can. They're trying to find him. Meanwhile, he's locked in a, uh, um, in a storage facility trying to escape. So it's just a, this whole thing of, of let's save Hoyt before they kill him or they take away his, you know, he finds out that they want more. They're not just going to take over his idea and become the, the keeper of this multi, multi-million dollar invention. He can't, they can't leave him alive afterwards. And they find out that, that that's the plan and 
not going to tell you about that one either, but another fun and surprising twist. And, and the moral of the story sometimes is, is perfect memory a gift or a curse? Always a good question there. Yeah. So now on your website, I was mm -hmm. scrolling through today and I saw that you have an interview that you did, that you have posted on the video there. And you started off saying you're a legend, at least in your own mind. A legend <laughs> in my own mind. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a little bit of a joke, but I've decided that... Uh, I am a legend in my own mind and you have to believe in yourself first don't you i imagine your first interview you were shaking at that microphone just <laughs> just thinking am i worthy and obviously well, you are yeah. and that was me too you know gosh you know how scary it is to to write down your personal thoughts and then let everybody read them and then you go on the internet and and perfect strangers that you know that they could say whatever they want and when you're hiding behind a keyboard you're pretty brave right so i've had to learn to uh to take the good with the bad and i have you know some some good reviews but on, on the travelers 4.9 out of five star rating hundreds of reviews but you know there's that one person that rated me a one star that i just want to strangle you know well <laughs> but you got to get over that what i find funny is a lot of these one star reviews and things like that comes to be things like this isn't the book i thought it was or i thought it was a book on how to travel through something not right so, right. I mean, some of those one-star ratings, you have to be very cautious of. Yeah. But they always also say never read the ratings but or the reviews. But, you know, you have to read them to understand what people are thinking. Right. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a 4.9-star rating. You have a ton of reviews. It's highly liked book. I mean. If you're talking about doing the uh, the Travelers, do the Audible. Yeah. The, the guy, I went through quite a few people and I found Adam R. Watson. What a voice, voice yeah. like butter. And uh, I just love how he does it. I have 21 different characters in that book and he does George Washington, Cleopatra. Uh, God, you should, you, should, you should hear him. I'm just so pleased with him. I had so many different people that I tested out for it. I thought about doing myself, but I found that I sounded all nasal. <laughs> I, you know, you're so critical of yourself. Right. And I found him, and he has—he's actually the the the, uh, the reader for all my books. I'm just so pleased with him. So check him out if you get a chance to do it on Audible. Uh, I'm a big fan of Audible. I, oh, yeah. I like to drive, and you know sometimes you could be an aggressive driver. Am I in the fastest lane? And you're switching. <laughs> if I put on an Audible book, I just cruise. I take my time, and I'm in no hurry. Trust me, I, between Audible and Chirp, I use them both quite a bit just to uh, get through. And heck, I'd say one with having a family having just a full plate during the day if yeah. i have probably a stack of books that i have to read i think it's close to i think it's under 100 books but my wife swears it's over but well, i have that list of books that i have to read before she'll even allow me to buy anymore yeah and, that's fair <laughs> <laughs> and it it's been probably a good two years since i've had that stack so yeah. I get through a lot of books thanks to Audible and the audiobooks. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and I did listen to the sample for The Traveler on Audible, on Audible mm -hmm. today. And you are right. He, the, the narrator has a fantastic voice. He does. I'm actually looking forward to when I get to basically chance to listen to it. Good. So now you have... You have a immense imagination, it seems. Where where do you start pulling these ideas from? What makes you think about these things? Or is it just random, you know, 
I just came up with this idea. It sounds good. And no, Eric, it's, it's life. I mean, out there, I mean, the airport, my right. dad, you, you, you know, you go to the airport and, and you just make up the story about, about, you know, the, the people who guy? just have, who just do the funniest thing or the very serious guy who's always on the phone and he, and, and he talks way too loud and he thinks everybody cares about his conversation <laughs> or, or the right. bum on the street who knows stuff that you and I have no clue exist. And I just see these people everywhere and I imagine what their story is like. I mean, you know that you're driving in a car and you see the person next to you zipping in and out and. Where are they on their way to? Or are they just an aggressive person? Or are they having a bad day? And I just can't help getting into somebody else's shoes and trying to imagine what that's like. I don't know. I understand. And I'm getting that right now with what I'm working on. So trying to put myself out into a whole different, like you said, a new genre. Mm -hmm. it, it's an interesting process. It is. You just, yeah, I mean, selling yourself is the hardest part, isn't it? Oh, just, it is. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just, I am just having a blast lately with this. You know, it came, it took me four books before I was able to say author Rick and Corvia. You know, you think, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a writer or you know, I'm, I'm trying to do this. And at some point you, you finally realize, wow, I'm an author. And that's when I started joking with a legend in my own mind. And it's really, <laughs> right. you know, it's to, it's to sell myself. I have doubts all the time. <clears throat> is this good enough to put out? And but what I'm finding is, if you play it safe, nobody cares. Right. You got to you got to put it out there and say the things that you think, and not just the things that you think other people want to hear. It took me a long time to figure out that no matter how weird you think you are, there's there's other people that say that are like, yeah, yeah, that. And and if you're if you're too safe. You're like, blah, 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 next guy, you know, but right. the honesty, the honesty and the dark stuff that you only think about coming out seems to attract um, a, a cult following, if you will. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the funny thing I find is people, I was talking with one of my buddies and we were discussing and he goes, because Eric, you're kind of a weird guy. He goes, I said, yeah, <laughs> I said, yeah, basically I said, you know, it seems like all the people I get along with have mm -hmm. either some level of weirdness to them and the weirder you are not like scary weird but just kind sure. of strange weird yeah i tend to be more drawn to being your friend just for the fact of i know that yeah. i'm not always right in the head and, and you know what it wasn't always like that in high school we didn't think it was going to be like that but here we are you know the the little bit more uh, the people with the idiosyncrasies are the more interesting people now oh yeah you know I, mean? I agree being your own person not following what you think everybody wants looking at it. I have, when I used to be more on social media, people would always, always comment. Well, wow, you have all this stuff going on. We thought you were really weird or we thought you were mm -hmm. just a odd kid. And I had people say that and I'm like, you know, I was an odd kid. I was, yeah. <laughs> I always had different <clears throat> thoughts in my head. And until I became secure in my own mind right, to put down things, because when I was growing up, you would always get together and you would tell stories between your friends. If it was, Hey, let me tell you this story. Or of course, being guys, let me tell you about the date with this girl. <laughs> and in all truth, you know, well yeah. enough, all that happened was you got to hold her hand. She kissed you right. on the cheek, but that holding hand, it was became... glorious. <laughs> yeah. yeah so we do have a tend to tend to exaggerate. Don't we? Especially when we're telling our buddies or our friends about a date or some girl or yeah. Or the fight we got in. <laughs> or when you tell the story later, didn't you fight a whole lot better in your own story? <laughs> oh, yeah. I whooped 12 people. 
So I told him, <laughs> yeah. ever, exactly. you ever touch my sister again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. yeah that's how it goes. Uh, so, so another thing that uh, my wife jokes with uh, about me, I, I always say, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> because I have a tendency to exaggerate, you know? And so she'll look at me and go, there you go again. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Well, doesn't every writer actually, every good writer at least exaggerate a bit or quite I, a bit? I hope so. I mean, unless it's <laughs> nonfiction, I guess. But what uh, else do I like to say? One other, one other uh, oh, true genius often requires temporary insanity. I've heard that. I don't know where from. And I thought it was me. I might have heard another Maybe I switched it around a bit. But, but I've heard uh, something about something similar to that. So, yeah. but yeah, that is definitely good advice as well. See, there I am exaggerating again. Maybe I didn't <laughs> make it up. Maybe I didn't. But in my head, I did. Exactly. My wife well, challenged me on that too, and so she looked it up online. Somebody else said that. Look it up, and she couldn't find anybody. And she's the queen of I'll Google that shit, you know? <laughs> right. So she didn't find anything. So I've just now decided that's mine. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. So you can coin that phrase. So. What else? You have other things coming along. I believe you. I do. Yeah. So can you tell us or give an insight of what you have coming? So if sure. people want to find them or be prepared for them. I am. I'm about halfway into something called everything I ever wanted. And um, I, I, I really, really want to make a good living being an author. I want people to anticipate my next book and I want, I want to do well. Who doesn't? But, right. but wanting it is one thing. I, I, I want to take the steps, like like being on the author blurb, you know, things where I right. can get more notoriety. Well, I, I also took a course that is uh, helps me plan the next five years of my life. What do you want to be doing in five years? And and it was really difficult for me to think that. What what do I consider? What is success? What does it look like? And and I mean, I really struggled with it. Right. Does it does it. Am I, am I sitting in an office writing, writing books all day? No. Uh, one of the things that I, I want to travel the world, and maybe I'm in Spain now at two months because I can afford it to be at this really cool place, and I'm writing a book about, about what I'm seeing here. And then you know, I want to be able to afford to do different things. And, and uh, I mean, I have other forms of income, but I want, I want it to be through, through people interested in my next book. And right. the reason I'm, I'm saying that is because the, the five-year future, in order for me to nail it down a bit, I, I really had to think, what does it look like? So I decided my next book, Everything I Ever Wanted, is about me waking up in a hospital five years from now, and I don't know who I am. And right. I have to discover what is, what is this five-year... You know, I'm, I'm told that I have everything. I'm a lucky man. I have everything I've ever wanted. But what is it? I don't even know. My wife comes in. I don't even recognize her. She has to tell me who I am, tell me all about myself. I'm going to introduce you. These are your children. So I meet my children and my grandchildren again for the first time. All right. and, and I've actually talked to them on the phone for real. And I've said, look, you're in my next book. And I've forgotten who you are. I have amnesia. I'm in a hospital. And you have to try and remind me who I am to you. And that's really brought out something cool where I have one of my, one of my grandkids wrote me back, Grandpa, remember the time you did the buried treasure in my backyard and we had that treasure map? And so they're telling me real memories from me, which, which I'm learning what was important to them so that I could be a better grandfather, you know? And, right. and 
I want to be the best grandfather I could be. I want to be the best father I could be, you know, brother, sister, sister. I'm not going to be a sister. <laughs> well, that's popular these days, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> you know, or, 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 you know, the best husband. So here I am five years from now. I am all those things because now, right now, I'm deciding I'm going to be. So now I'm trying to imagine five years from now, I am that person and people are telling me about me. Who are you? So they're feeding into me all the things that I am. And one of the one of the catches in the book that I thought was kind of brilliant is to learn more about me. My wife makes the suggestion, "Why don't you read your own books?" Right. So, well into the book, she suggests this, and finally, she's willing. You know, I'm home from the hospital now, and she's willing to leave me alone for the first time in this house that I've had, but I don't remember anything about it. But I'm in this home, <clears throat> surrounded by these cats I don't know, <laughs> but you know, they they seem to know me. So here I am. She says, well, I'm going because she, she works at a sanctuary for, you know, cats, you know, to, to familiarize them with humans. They're strays. All right. And so she says, I'm going to be gone for four hours. Why don't you start with your first book? So I read my first book and, I'm, and it's about a schizophrenic person. It is um, um, yeah, Reckless Ambition about Rick Timber. I was telling you about my fake okay. idea. Remember? Right. So I write this first book and, and I, so I have this impression of who I am. She comes home and, and I have to ask her question. Am I? Am I really just schizophrenic? I didn't forget who I am. Maybe maybe you don't want to tell me. Tell me the truth. But I'm not, you know, supposedly. Then I read the second book, which is um, a little bit sexier. We didn't even talk about this one. This one is In Your Dreams. And this is about a man who is in a motorcycle accident, and he's in a coma for three months. All right. Well, he's in this coma. He dreams up a whole new world, a whole new life, and and a new girlfriend. He's got, you know, just... just his life is is what he dreamed. Right. When he comes out of the coma now, he's got to reassimilate with the real world. You know, quote, quote, quote unquote, the real world. And this one is not me. This is just a person who's coming back to, he has a life with his sister, his parents. And, and every time he falls asleep now, he reenters that old world that was in the hospital. So here he is just, this, that one is about a battle with, with the sexy new wild life that he had as a big shot real estate person versus his real life here. And it's a, it's a bit sexy and it's right. a, I'd have to say it's, a, it's rated R. So in that one, after I read that one, I'm Jennifer comes home again and I say, am I, am I a pervert? <laughs> you know, what, what, what's it? Is, is that all I talk about is sex? You know, cause there's a sexual book in this, in the one, in the one world. Right. So here I am learning about myself one book at a time. And, uh, you know, it's it, it, the rest of it is some of it is, you know, I got to go out to water the lawn. She says, you know, your lawn looks awful. You're very proud of how you're, I, I'm really into plants and, uh, and my garden and things like that. So she says, your, your lawn looks like hell. You know, you used to water it twice a week. Maybe you should do that too. So here I am, it's an alien world. I'm outside wondering, are, you know, who are the neighbors? I, I don't even know them. Am I supposed to know them? And so I'm avoiding them. I put on fake headphones as if I'm listening and I'm really just unplugged my wife's headset and I stuck it down my shirt. So maybe <laughs> the neighbors, maybe they won't start a conversation with me because I don't know what to say. So it's just a, a real interesting book for me discovering who I'm going to be. So it was a weird right. concept and I thought it was a little arrogant of me to write a book about myself. And then I remembered those three words I'm trying to say all the time. Why not me? Well, yeah. Why not me? Makes sense. So, so that's it. All right. So with that there, it sounds, so it sounds very intense. Sounds very focused on, like you said, where you're planning on being, where you plan on being in five years. Mm -hmm. You said that one of your grandkids wrote a note to you about the treasure hunt and the map that you did. Mm -hmm. Are you throwing 
those real life things into the book or are you almost word for word? All right. So you're taking your real life history, your real life experiences and adding into the book. So this book should be very, very connected to you. Yeah. So basically anyone reading this coming book, they will and should know you very well. That's true. And, and, and my family, All I have right. a big family. I have one of nine kids and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very, very personal book. And it's in, you know me trying to learn more about these people. And it also is me judging them. You know, I have a brother. <clears throat> I have a brother, Joe, spells his name J-O, and he does the E backwards all the time. It's just something from his childhood he's always done. Okay. And he's a, he's a funny, quirky guy. So <laughs> when he comes to visit me in the hospital, I whisper to Jennifer, is he special? You know, because I make everybody wear name tags because I don't know who anybody is. So Jennifer said, I'll tell you what, everybody that comes in is going to have a big name tag and not only tell you their name, but who they're Joe, brother or brother Joe, uh, you know, ex-wife number two, you know, <laughs> okay. my ex-wives, I have two ex-wives. They come in to visit me. They care about me. Thank goodness. You know, so five right. years from now, they, you know, we're open and honest conversation. My first wife is it's humorous. She, you could tell she, you know, doesn't give me birthday cards or anything. She's like, you know. You're faking this shit, you know? <laughs> right. And, and it, you know, it says wife number one. I'm like, wife number one? How many, how many <laughs> do I have, you know? So <laughs> I am really learning personal stuff about myself, what scares me, what I never do, what I always do, you know? Right. So it's a very personal, very personal book. And and what I'm finding is, is that since I don't write in any particular genre, I don't believe I'm going to be known as the best uh, fiction history writer ever. I'm going to be known as... A great writer so people are going to read different books different genres and say he's a hell of an author not necessarily a, you know one certain type so now that i've decided i'm going to be one hell of an author someday people are going to want to know who i am and i decided that uh, that's next year they're going to know me five years before i even know myself well that's always a lofty goal and it sounds fantastic like you said if you're a legend in your own mind thought when i first heard you say that on your website is you know, that makes sense because when you're a legend in your own mind, you're going to strive to be a legend in real life. Right. So I think that makes a lot of sense. To so with that, tell me a bit before we go. I know we're getting close to that hour mark. I okay. Try, like I said, I try to keep under that. So no worries. Tell, you have a YouTube channel that you do. Yes. You have your website. You have help people find where to find you because you have... <clears throat> You have a profile on authorblurb.com. Your links and all this will be in the show notes as well. And okay. we just basically, I like some people, they just rather hear it. So can you tell them where to find you, where to reach sure. out? Sure. Well, you could put in author Rick and Corvia and, and, you'll, and I'll be all over the place. And you could decide where you want to pick. I like to send people to my website, which is www.authorrickandcorvia.com. And uh, from there, you could you read up on the books. In fact, you'll see you'll see a nice little list of all the books. I don't know if you could see that or not. You'll see a picture of all the books, and it'll tell you about them. So you could decide what you like because, remember, I have all different genres. And you pick what you like, what sounds most interesting, and then it'll say, buy now, which I'm going to change because I'm, I don't want people to be afraid to push that button. You buy now, it just takes you to Amazon. And right. then from Amazon, you can look closer, check out what people are saying about the books, you know, read up on the reviews and then you decide from there uh, but uh, i think you'll have some fun on my website as well it's a little bit more personal about me there's a blog on there that tells how i how i pick um 
characters and and one of the weird things i do is all my characters i told you one of my books i have 20 different characters i make a collage while i'm doing my book of a picture of my character that i find online i find somebody that i think looks like who represents my character you know, there's right. the, the, you know, the tall, bull, you know, ball-headed, strong guy who's the cop. And, and so I'll find these people. So every time I, I look at them, it gives me just one little, one more, one more who that person is. So I could feel what they're, what, you know, what they're feeling. I could describe them. And uh, anyway, I'm going to start rambling again, and we're probably near <laughs> the end. But let's go to the, take them to the website. And, and from there, or just put in author Rick and Corvia. And I found there's another Rick and Corvia who writes books. So uh, uh, author Rick and Corvia. Look for this smiling face. <laughs> You'll see pictures, and uh, just make sure it's me. And have fun reading the books or listening to them. And uh, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to talk with anybody who who's interested in talking to me. Well, sounds perfect. And if anyone's scared to get in the wrong Rick and Corvia, again, you can go to the show notes where the links are going to be. You can go to authorblurb.com. There's mm -hmm. a profile with his smile right there, and perfect. all of his links as well. Plus, you can also find this podcast there as well. So, Rick, I appreciate it. If you can hold on for a moment, I'm going to stop the recording. This is where everybody else hears the end of our conversation, but you and I are going to talk a little bit more. Well, let them, let them, me thanking you. I really appreciate the opportunity here today. Well, thank you again for being here. All right. So that was the conversation. I had a great time having it. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. So if you get a chance, go to authorblurb.com where you can see Rick's profile. You can also find all of his information, like I said, in the show notes. But authorblurb.com does have where you can get all the information on previous guests and upcoming guests. You can also go there and click on show support where you can buy me a cup of coffee, donate some crypto. And as time progresses, I will be offering exclusive services for just paid subscribers. So with that being said, rate the show, tell your friends, leave a comment. Hopefully a good comment and I'll look forward to seeing you at the next episode. Thank you and have a good day.